The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in advertising. And welcome to Adjunct, where we interview the top advertising lecturers and professors across the country to lend some knowledge to your ear without spending thousands of dollars on a university credit. This week, we enter the classroom and Dave Caranda is leading the lecture. Dave Caranda is a professor of practice emeritus and interim director of the ad program at the University of Oregon. Go Ducks! Stick around because Dave recalls and shares a story of how he met Leo Burnett when he was 10 years old. It turns out Leo Burnett loved to raise pigs on the side of making ads. Yes, pigs. Dave Caranda brings more than 20 years of experience in advertising to the School of Journalism and Communication at Oregon. He has worked on local, regional, national, and international campaigns. He was the recipient of the American Advertising Federation's Distinguished Advertising Educator Award in 2017. Dave has published articles on curiosity and advertising education and is fascinated by the human decision-making process. He continues to consult with ad agencies and media firms. Dave will teach you how to break into advertising with some of the best advice. It's worked for thousands of his past students over the past 23 plus years. And I've spoken with hundreds of recruiters and professionals, and the consensus is that you need a few fantastic campaigns that stick out to break into advertising. So if you want to break into this business as an art director, copywriter, strategist, or accountant, it is definitely worth checking out Breaking and Entering's brand new Crowbar Awards. We are releasing a new creative brief every quarter for you to work on with a friend. Whether or not you enter is up to you, but we have Greg Hahn judging the first show. He's the co-founder of Mischief, one of the top agencies in the business now, and it's an award and a tool. The best campaign will earn an actual blue crowbar, but we do not advise you to break into an advertising agency with it. But if you do, take some pictures because that's hilarious. Recruiters and professionals all around will be watching. See the description for details. And now on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast Adjunct Edition. And as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellberger. Kick it, Mikey. Dave Caranda, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast Adjunct Edition. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's raining like crazy here, and I'm staying inside. It's raining like crazy in Eugene, Oregon, correct? Correct. So our listeners will know then, through context clues and the title of this, if they clicked on it, that you are a professor of practice at the University of Oregon, which is a phenomenal advertising program there. I'm biased, but I would say so too. And you've been doing it for quite some time, right? Uh, how long have you been there? This is my 23rd year, I think, being here. 23rd year. And you are, so you've always been an instructor or a professor of practice in those 23 years. What have you been up to? I started as an instructor and then went through all kinds of different ranks to become a professor of practice. And then mm-hmm. this year, I'm the uh, interim director of the program. Oh, so you are the correct person to talk to. I'm glad I got you on. I hope I hope so. 
<laughs> good, good, good. Well, it means something. That's a pretty important title. So you've been there for 23 years, professor of practice now. Um, I am always curious because professor of practice is a pretty illustrious role in academia, meaning that you have a lot of experience. You might not be doing as much research. Correct me if I'm wrong. Every school is different. Every university is different. So are you research focused at all? Or are you just all teaching, all, all in the classroom, trying to connect people? Are you publishing anything on the side? I have published several things on the side okay. and have done some research. My primary function is in a classroom and then also trying to connect the students to the industry, to the advertising industry. So I'm, I'm trying to step in both areas. Yes. And as you talk about connecting to the industry, I just want to make a note here, the Leo Burnett story that you have. We definitely want to talk about how you met Leo Burnett at some point of this. Um, I think we should just kick it off there. I think that's just so I don't want to even skip it now. Do you want to just yeah, tell sure. us a story? Why not? It's so fun. Well, it's a funny one. Um, my grandparents had a hundred acre, hundred acre farm outside of um, Chicago in Wakanda, Illinois. My brother and I used to visit there in the summer. They rented or leased the farm area to farmers in, in Wakanda. And then they had a business that they operated outside of there. And my grandmother was involved in politics and friendly with everybody who lived in the area. And she said, my best friend lives next door, Leo. He's a pig farmer. I don't want you boys making fun of anybody who just wears a t-shirt and overalls. But Leo's a great guy, and you guys are always seemed intrigued by advertising. And he works in advertising, so I want you to go over and meet him. So she takes us over there. His name was Leo Burnett. And he indeed was a pig farmer in his off time. He loved it. And he indeed did wear white undershirts and, and overalls. And he was an amazing guy, very friendly to us. And so we became friends with Leo Burnett. And it wasn't until years later especially when my, both my brother and I were working in advertising, it's like, holy shit, that was Leo Burnett. You didn't even really, he probably, yeah, how could you realize when you're 10 years old the, oh, the importance yeah. of this figure well, that you met? And so still today, we were just talking about some important agencies before we got on, and obviously, Leo Burnett's one of them still today. So mm -hmm. I think everybody knows that, even being from Chicago myself, living in Chicago now, everybody I know, I'm like, oh, Leo Burnett, Leo Burnett. I'm like, no, Havash Chicago is just as good now. Yes. So I always give that a plug too. So great story. So I want to now, I guess we can just start from there because how did you know at a young age or did your mom or your grandma knew that you were interested in advertising? Was it, did that meeting of Leo Burnett like spark an interest or were you sales oriented, creative oriented just early on? Where did you begin this journey to, for, to, for your love of advertising? My, my dad was the president of, it was called AMC Wholesale. It was a company founded by um, Sam Bloomingdale. Everybody knows Bloomingdale's. And, and Sam Bloomingdale wanted to found a company that could actually market directly, creating their own brands. And, and that he had, my dad was then president of that company. Hmm. And around the same time that we met Leo Burnett, um, my dad asked us to come up with a name for a sports hero, fictitious guy. The name we came up with was Jimmy Crane. The reason that happened was that um, they discovered that when they created 
a sports brand and had a name on it mm -hmm. that was endorsed, sales went way up. The mm -hmm. stuff that they were selling, the sporting goods that they were doing, they were creating their own brand. And what they discovered was most of the sporting goods, baseball gloves, footballs, all kinds of stuff, were being bought by moms for their kids who were in kid sport type things and kid games. Mm -hmm. So they, as an experiment, wrote Jimmy Crane on every sporting good they sold. It was golf equipment, tennis equipment, um, baseball gloves, left hand, right hand, every glove in the field, et cetera. Sure. Sales went way up. Because they thought it was endorsed by a professional? Yeah. Perfect. They weren't into sports very much themselves. Whether right, it's but they say, oh, it's got a name on it, so this somebody likes this, or this sounds like something legit. Exactly. Like, this is good. And, and it worked. And, and, and it worked. And so that was something, that kind of sparked my interest. And then ironically, around the same time as when we met Leo Burnett, and then and my, because of my, my dad also paid us 10 cents for every competitor's ad we could find to any federated store. Oh, a little audit very early on. Right, exactly. And so we began looking at ads, and then we began getting paid to find competitors' ads. That's smart. And, and then it continued from there. And then um, I just stayed interested in it. Mm -hmm. And then actually my first, first internship, I went to Horace Greeley High School in New York. And, mm -hmm. and my first internship was an architecture firm. Because I had studied architecture at Horace Greeley, my brother by at the same time is a copywriter for NWA down the street. I was pretty good at the architecture. I, I designed some stuff, etc. And mm -hmm. they gave me a lot of responsibility for a kid. And then when I walked into NWA and met everybody and went, "This is where I want to work. This stuff is fun." And so the the interest remained, but then then I had a real spark. Gotcha. So were you interested in the art direction side of the business? What I wanted to do was be a writer. Uh, but then um, I began watching how the writers behaved and what happened and how much pressure they were under. And I love to write. I still do it. Yep. But um, my next door neighbor in New York was um, the media director mm -hmm. at AIR. And I began to be really interested in the, the media side. And that's actually how I started. Gotcha. That led to working more in strategy and developing like more like calm strategy. Yep. Gotcha. And then you did that for a good amount of time. You were a planner then yeah. around there for about 12 years. Yeah. And then I ended up on the West Coast and I took time off and did odd things. I worked with my dad on an idea that he had for a, Scratch and Sniff T-shirt company. Nice. And then, and just did all kinds of different things. And then I ended up um, freelancing a lot of media stuff. And actually, Leo Burnett with McDonald's was one of the ones that I was buying media regionally for McDonald's. Okay. And then um, worked with DDB regionally, et cetera, and some mm -hmm. different things than Pepsi brands that I was working on. And while I was, I, I wanted to move to Eugene, where I'd gone to school, to raise my daughter. Yeah. And so I was using the web to stay in touch with friends who had been, who were still working in advertising. Right. And, and at the same time, 
somebody from the U of O called and said, how would you like to teach a media planning class? Who was that, Deb? It was not Deb. This I was there almost 10 years before Deb got there. Okay. And it was, it was a guy named Charlie Fraser who called. Mm-hmm. And there weren't many faculty members there at the time. And I said, sure, let's give it a try. But I certainly debated over, do I want to teach? Are you kidding me? And then um, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then that led into a full-time position later. Gotcha. Thank you for that background. I mean, this the context helps a lot. It gives you credibility and and definitely our audience should know that background. So appreciate that. Um, so you fell in love with it and you, you've done it ever since. And now 23 years later, you're a professor. Uh, how do you pronounce this word? Em- emeritus? Uh, emeritus? Yeah. Emeritus? Yeah. Your professor of practice emeritus at University of Oregon. So what does that mean? That's like a pretty big title, I'm pretty sure. What it means is I was trying to retire or be semi-retired. Oh. So that which meant that I invented a class called Curiosity for Strategists that we can talk about at some point in time. I was asked it along the road, if you could teach anything you want, what would you teach? And I, I said it would be a class on curiosity. Ah. Because to me, that's the crux of the whole thing. Yeah. And so yes. um in in what I wanted to do after 20 years of doing this stuff was I'm just going to teach that class. No more committees, nice. no more faculty meetings, et cetera. I did that for one year. Mm-hmm. And then I was asked if I could come back full time again in order couldn't, to they couldn't let you leave for one year. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like Sopranos. Yeah. So, so, so if I would be willing to, be the director of the program for one year. That's the interim part. And when I was trying to retire, I was appointed emeritus, which means that you've made a substantial contribution to your university and your program. Gotcha. So you try to retire, you taught one class, and then they got you to be the director for a little bit. That seems like a 180. It's a 180. It's definitely. From being retired, now you're running the whole show. Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm running the whole show, but I'm I'm in charge of running the whole show. That's about it. That's about it. Sounds like that's what you're doing to me. Um, so you must love it. So I want to know. I give me a glimpse now of how if I'm a student at the University of Oregon, I, which I wish I I was. That's a great school with Illinois, another great ad school. Um, yeah. Great facilities, and I've never been over there. I mean, Nike you can't obviously. Everybody knows Nike. Um, we got Wyden and Kenny over there too. So is that Eugene as well, Wyden? Wyden's in Portland. Portland, Portland. I knew that. Two hours north. How many? Two. Oh, okay. Not bad. That's close. Um, if I'm a student there, what's it look like for me? What am I doing? Uh, let's say I don't know whether I want to go creative or non-creative media. Let's just say I'm a curious, what you love. Advertising student, freshman year major. Is it in what school is it in? What's my major possibilities? What tracks could I go down? What classes can I take? Just high level. What's it look like? What it what it looks like, and we're actually we're redesigning the curriculum. It's going to be different by next year. People will get into the ad aspect of the program earlier. They'll be able to do it as freshmen, and. 
what it looks like is a program that deals with brand responsibility, deals with curiosity, deals with developing confidence, and it also deals with particulars as far as you want to be a writer, you want to understand how to be a copywriter, then there's aspects of those things that are a class called idea smithing, writing design concept, etc. You want to be a designer, there's classes in designing. You, you want to be a media person, there's classes in media planning. Gotcha. And then there's capstone classes like a, um, the main thing is that you're going to have to take a class to understand how to develop an entire campaign. Of course. Is that towards the end? It's usually the last class, one of the last. Toward the end, it's your last year and it's somewhere in that last year. And that makes sense. I think also importantly, there's a lot of student groups that you can be involved in. There's an. You have a ton. You have a ton. I've I've researched this. And I want to create more before I'm done with this part of it. I want to be able to develop more. Why would you want more student groups? Aren't they getting enough in the classroom? They got they what they what they get, and I think this is an aspect of of academia altogether. The way that they're mostly taught is it's a separate entity, but advertising is very collaborative, as you know. So how do we have more things that students can take those individual skills and work yep. collaboratively, so that when you they walk out of there, it's a very natural process for them to walk into a team. Yep. To a group of people that are working together on a project. Yep. And then there's probably a lot of group projects like that capstone capstone class, those writing classes. I'm sure people are getting paired up all the time. Yeah. Um, it's this is why advertising is well, at least I know nationwide, and the, the stigma is it's an easy major because there's group projects, but really <laughs> it can be extremely difficult when you're in a bad group. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and that's a reality because you will, you know, you ha- sometimes you have to work harder. You don't know who you're working with. You have to work with all different types of personalities that come up with great business solutions that are creative and effective. You don't know what brands you're working on. So I like this. And I think that people don't understand that. I've been in my fair share of, of groups of slackers carry the weight. But you're right. You bring up a great point. There's theory, there's application, and those groups that you have. I'm sure you're giving them a lot of shots on goal is what I like to repeat in this to create good work. I think, yeah, I think the other aspect of it and where the instruction um, needs to improve everywhere. But what we're trying to work on is, as Gretzky said, it's not where the puck is, it's where it's going to be. Nice. And so starting to look at, okay, um, what's happening in the culture? What tensions are there within society? How do those fit with the brand? And do they solve that problem? Do they solve problems that exist within a human being's life, as well as solve a problem that the client has to connect with people and help them know ours is better? Do you know Luke Sullivan? I've, I've actually, I think we've talked before. He and Deb know each other. And, yep. and I think we've talked before. So I know who he is. And I certainly read that book when I started teaching. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. I should introduce you to him. You like him. Um, absolutely. I love that. Um, so are there tracks um, or is it just like, you, are you an advertising major and then you can pick a, whatever minor you want and you can design your schedule based off concentrations? Do people declare concentrations? What does it look like? It, it looks like basically what you described. You become an ad major, you become, mm-hmm. you're a pre-major. I'm, I'm interested in this. So there's an, 
introductory class that you will take yep. that that outlines to a great extent process and and jobs and also tries to point out agency work is important it's significant working on a brand side it's significant but there are many jobs that are advertising yep. connected and i think we all need to do a better job of that if helping yep. us understand there are a ton of jobs that are connected to advertising that that you can do so that that preliminary course tries to help students understand that and I then, neglect that a lot for sure on, my, on this podcast. I'm biased towards agencies and, and some great client side, but also any company that you're passionate about. Let's say you're super passionate about um, uh, uh, nature. Uh, you can go work for uh, preservation okay. uh, and you can be the brand marketer, brand ambassador. You could do advertising work, social work for anything you're passionate about. Right. Any, right. any and you can run the show there. Yeah, that's that's important. One of one of my earliest students was a media person. She worked for AKQA, mm-hmm. and um, she worked at Goodby, etc. Nice. She ended up being in charge of communication environmental programs for the city of San Francisco. Exactly. And it, 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 same perfect. Thing, same kind of thing. She took but, all those skills. Put them to different use. I am an advocate, though, that that large agency experience for the first job is a great first job because it gives you so much experience, so much, uh, what's it called, breadth that everybody says in this industry. It's true. Uh, working on different clients is a great foundational piece that you can build off of and then you can expand out or, or, or niche into something that you're more passionate about. I'm a firm believer that you should aim for a larger agency as that first next job. Do you agree with that? I mean, it might not be as necessary, but in general, with a good education and a good large agency experience, I think that's a good combo, a good a combination for somebody starting out. What do you think? Do you argue with that? Do you agree with that? I, I tend to agree with that for a couple of reasons. One is that you are exposed to tools. I try to I've tried to work with the library and get all the research tools that you would have at a large agency. Yep. But those research tools are there. There's other tools that are there. Plus, there's a kind of um, thing that you can learn in the hallway when there people are in the hallway. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. That the larger the place, the more people you're exposed to, the more diversity you're usually exposed to in thinking and yep. culturally. So I I th- and then and then working in a smaller place, you're mm-hmm. taking all that experience and those tools with you, mm-hmm. as opposed to looking at it the other way out. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. I I think and you could start small because you can you wear a lot of different hats. There's arguments for starting small is good too. I get that. I just think I'm an, I'm a big advocate of go agency side first and then go brand side or go into something that you're passionate about. It could be a, a, a specific uh, government position like you you mentioned your former student. Let me know who that is too because I love San Francisco. My best friend moved out to San Francisco. I, I love it there. So connect me there. We'll talk later. Um, but that's that's usually what my what I tell people. So I'm I'm glad we're somewhat aligned. I think you're aligned as well on that. I think yeah, you can start. It's not wrong to start small. I just no. I tend to agree with your position, and so that you can learn in a broader spectrum, mm-hmm. and then you're taking that experience with you 
to work with people who may not have yeah. had this is this is all in a perfect vacuum, perfect world. Right now, we don't have the best economy. Uh, I don't know what it will look like in the spring when people are graduating this year. So take what you can get. Your first job takes you. Yes. I mean, at this point, uh, I mean, you have a great education that you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be too nervous. But I think it, it's not the end of the world if you if you don't get that perfect agency no. job. So it's no, just your first job. No, it's not going to be your last job. No way, and that would be that's. Uh, you want to explore around and that'd be scary to be your last job. I switch, switch around if you want. Um, so I appreciate that. I think that, that background on the tracks and the program, and I think what you guys are different because you guys have such great resources. Um, you have such great connections at Oregon and you have such great student groups that are connected. Um, you let, do you lead the, do you lead a team at all? The ad team, or did you lead the team? What's, what were your, what are your extracurricular involvements? What were for, they? For, um, for many years, I um, led the NSAC ad team. And then the last two years, I've been working with the AAF to be in charge of the NSAC. Oh, so, so I, you know, Steve Hall, my guy. I know Mr. Illinois, Steve Hall. Yeah. I'm, tell him to get on this podcast. I will tell him then. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy him a glass of wine and he'll do it. So yeah. he, he um, I revised the way that it's scored and okay. with with a committee, so yes. that the emphasis now is on sixty five percent of the scoring is toward the presentation, thirty five percent is toward a small book which which shows the strategy, the budget, and then a flowchart for the media. Because it had been 50-50, and that's not the way it works, as you know, that the emphasis is on the pitch itself. So um, Nice. Who's the, the client this year? Do you know? The client, yeah, the client this year is Indeed.com. Job search. Got it. Which what do is, they want? Which, pardon me? What do they need fixed? What are they looking for? 18 to 24-year-olds to use it more often. Yeah. Don't you think that... A lot of these students now, though, don't you think that they're getting a lot of these briefs that are targeting themselves? Is there any learning experience of expanding beyond, like, to learn about a, a different demographic at some point? Like, Oh, no, I think there is. And NSAC has done a lot of different. Okay. I don't know. I haven't. This is the first one I've heard about. We so did one once for Daimler Chrysler for for the UK, Germany, and North America. Good. Good. An older audience that we were talking to. There and you go. Make them work of, a little bit. Well, they, work. It's the only international one that I was involved in. International, just even a different age group. I mean, I, I remember I got a lot of briefs that were just me, just talk, me talking to me. Um, well, this is, and 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 um, yeah, like I easy. can't go into it in too much detail here for this year. That's but, it, but it's it's um. It's a broader thought process than you would think from the beginning. Yeah. I just think that's a, we can, I can hit that one out of the park, but it's, I don't know what the details are and I'm not involved. So it's easy to speak. Yeah. It's, it, it can be challenging. Good. So you did that. Uh, we know that everybody should know that on this. All my listeners should know about NSAC, AAF. I mean, I did it for four years. Um, it's a great. It's the best one you can get, I think. Um, 
definitely important in, in also shaping those collaboration skills. So it's so important to balance out in the classroom, doing well, working outside of the classroom, and then also building your portfolio, which is the last piece really I want to get into is what's your guys' view on portfolio development? Do you have specific classes? And I think every professor, every lecturer at an undergrad doesn't want to send their, have to send their students to portfolio school. It's more money. It's more time. It's necessary sometimes. Just there's not enough time. Curriculum. I, I know the process of bureaucracy of uh, higher education can be slow at some points. It seems like you guys are pretty mobile. Um, sometimes out of your control on how a student builds their portfolio, and it's it's necessary to send them to a portfolio school if they can afford it. What are you doing? What is Oregon doing to prevent that? To make good portfolios that compete with the VCU brand centers to compete with Miami ad schools in the world. We, we that, that introductory class, that's called a creative strategist class. Mm-hmm. And, and they have to start developing a portfolio in that class. Fantastic. Start early, teach them right away that this is something you're going to need. Show them the, 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 what you're competing against. Let them know. I love that. That's every school should do that. And then day one. And then every class that they have, mm-hmm. if there's good work in there, yep. they continue to keep replacing it and upgrade good. that portfolio until they get to, to the end. Mm-hmm. And that it should be fleshed out. And it's and that by the time that they're finishing, they that's this decent stuff in there. Plus, we're constantly bringing in people or sending them to people. Have them look at your portfolio. Good. Get, opinion on how do you update this and we've had actually and we'll probably do some more of those where now that we can be together again that we'll bring in a panel of people who will look at portfolios good get comments on them so that it's it's not just this initial thing that you did but it's real stuff and absolutely amazing the fact that you start early and you remind them and every professor every lecturer at your school should have in mind whatever their assignment they're giving out should in the back of their mind be is this creative enough is this broad enough are there parameters that can make this portfolio worthy if the brief is bad and it's not good it's for a, i think a local personal coffee shop will not be portfolio worthy because i don't care as a recruiter, you get, that's we have we kind of have a saying you get one of those. You can have one. I don't, even as a recruiter for myself, when I look at portfolios, it's got to be something very passionate. Uh, you actually drove real business results. That's fantastic. If you're an account, that's great. If you're, if you place a media strategy and it worked and you can show me tangible results, I will call up the coffee shop owner see if personally it's true. to see if it's true. To see how, if your account, how did you communicate? That's great. If you're, especially if your account in media, but also I think like every professor should be thinking about, is this large enough? Is this creative enough? Is there a challenger brand? Or is it going to be portfolio worthy? So I think you guys are doing that. Yeah. This, this winter term and spring term, we're also adding um, what we, what we named as a advanced portfolio class. And the idea behind that is, that they'll be working in teams to create They're work good. that can be submitted to the one show, to the Addies, mm-hmm. et cetera. That and they, to the Crowbar Awards, which Breaking Entering is launching. Yeah, a whole, whole bunch of um, any anything that the work is good enough, then we'll enter good. that. We'll, we'll, and we'll help good. finance their entries into those shows. Good. We, well, just to also a little plug here. We're definitely launching our Crowbar Awards. The winner will get a blue Crowbar. 
sent to their door to help them break in to the advertising industry. Greg Hahn is the founder of Mischief. He will be our first judge. I really think, I know this is going to be the premier student entry-level advertising award show that's going to surpass. No, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. We'll be involved. Good. Well, let's see some, some we'll see some submissions. Those will be out probably by the time this is launched. So let's um, the brief, well, the brief, I don't know. I'll hint at it now. It's uh, fixing Dasani water. It's the grossest water we think. <laughs> How can you make me feel better about Dasani water? So um, tell your students, you get a head start, but plug is over. I love that you have that portfolio too, class, because those awards, as much as they, we love to argue about them in the industry, they're a necessary evil. I spend thousands of dollars on them. My job is award entries for Havas Chicago as well. They're necessary evil. They will help you break in if you if you win, get you noticed. And there's something, and they're useful as far as polishing your your work. Absolutely, you will. Those are even if you don't win, uh, for whatever reason. Or you get feedback after, if you let's say you shortlist and you get feedback, apply the feedback and then you get better, you get a better portfolio. And that, and you also, whether it's valid or not, it's an opportunity to compare your work to people throughout the United States, not just your peers. Right. And you should always be looking at other portfolios across different entities as well to see where you're at. Right. Great. Any other pieces of advice? I know we, we've covered a lot so far. It's been really great from your story of Leo Burnett to your story to your advice and what you guys do at Oregon. What Anything else you thought about that you kind of constantly are seeing, reminding your students that you want to let the world know that might not be able to afford an education or wherever they're at in the world that you want to tell them? The, stay curious. The, 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 the reason that One of the reasons that I created that class was that students could find an answer to any question instantaneously. But I started noticing their ability and understanding of what to ask was dwindling. And so be uncomfortable and enjoy it and, and, be, and stay curious. Look at things in a different way. Don't just look at the same sites. Look at sites that make you uncomfortable. Read things that make you uncomfortable. Understand how other people think. It's, it's going to be crucial to your future and the way that you communicate. I love it. And that's so applicable for, you have to do this as a strategist. Yes. That's your entire career as a strategist. But it's also very crucial for everybody, That's whether you're an account, media, or production. You need to be curious, thinking about different solutions, because a good idea can come from anywhere in the agency. It's not just the two folks, the copyright and art director combo. If an account person, we had a large uh, Super Bowl briefing as the whole agency. It doesn't matter who you are. You can be the janitor for all we care. So that curiosity is important. I love that advice. That's right. Amazing. Um, Dave, if people can reach out to you, let's say they have some questions. they have maybe a portfolio question or uh, they, something about strategy, media planning, or, or just about the program in Oregon, how can they reach out to you? What's your preferred method? Probably the simplest way is to send me an email. And um, tcaranda at uoregon.edu. They can go to um, the School of Journalism and Communication at, at, at University of Oregon faculty page. I'm on there. Just Google your name in or- University of Oregon. They'll find you. Yeah. Great. Then I have no other questions. This has been a pleasure. 
I appreciate you coming on, sharing a little bit of everything about your life and what you do and what you're passionate about and your advice. It's fun. It's fun talking to you. Good stuff. Great. Well, we will be in touch. We have some following up to do, but thank you so much. Talk to you again soon. Take care. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you like what you heard, it would mean a lot to us and help us grow and get better guests and better break-ins if you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us five stars and a small review if you have the time. Be sure to connect with our guests if you like what they said by going to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod. That's all one word, breaking and entering pod on Instagram. We have links to their portfolios and their LinkedIn and they want to connect. So do that. And thank yous. Thank you to Mikey Malarkey, our audio engineer, and Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Can't do it without you two. And a team from the University of Illinois. It's a student team from the agency called AdBuzz. They're a PR agency, and it's been a pleasure working with them. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next week with another amazing guest.